up to our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation. I'm going to be honest, uh, we're having a lot of technical difficulties, even just behind, a peek behind the sausage, our sausage curtains. It's a sausage curtain. Um, it's a curtain of linked sausages that's just like a, like a bangled yeah. beads. It's just all cured sausage. sausage. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Uh, and b- behind stage, backstage, in the green room, uh, we were having trouble even talking to each other before going live. So we're not sure how this is going to go. Uh, I don't know if we're having computer troubles or internet troubles. And even Brian, uh, on his own, is having to reboot his computer. It's a whole cluster fudge nuckets. Um, but here we are to episode 798 of Cult Pop Podcast. Uh, we're going to hopefully talk about this week's, well, this month's books. So, you know, there's a new format to the show. We do a movie one week. We do a graphic novel another week. And at the end of every month, we do a, well, I guess in the beginning of the next month, we do a <laughs> comic book roundup wherein we will talk about uh, some of our favorite books from the past month. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. I'm located at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. It's a super rad comic shop, which caters to you. So get in here and buy your shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mildly take over. Um, do we have any letters? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. We have a letter. I'm going to read it. It's from Christopher Goodnight. <laughs> So my, my trips to Chicago and New York kind of wiped me out financially, and I'm purging a lot of my collectibubbles to make sure I can pay a few bills at the start of the month. Have you ever had to get rid of some things you like but don't love? Have you ever regretted it later? Is there something you intentionally got rid of that you wish you could get back? Not something that was stolen, but something you chose to give away. What about something you lost? Chris St. Saucy, good night. That's a good question, actually, if uh, the other guys heard it. Did you guys hear that question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I heard the whole, heard the whole thing. thing. Heard it. Sweet. All right, Brian, go. Um, there are there are many things that I have lost, I guess, that I would like to get back or lost out on, which is not the question at all, but that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get it. And then later I'm like, ah, why did I get it? Um, you know, I guess there are some items from childhood and that kind of thing that uh, were thrown away or, uh, you know, I don't even, as the years have passed, I don't even remember what most of them are. Every now and then I'll think like, whatever happened to that thing? Uh, I bet it was, I bet it was lost. But, um, you know what I did? I was moving out of my mom's place a while ago and I love to hang on to things. My mom said, well, some of these things that you're not gonna hang on to, just take a picture of it, right? And uh, like I had an old TV that was given to me for a birthday present, it was a TV VCR combo and it was awesome, right? Top flight and I loved it. And, uh, but it was a TV VCR combo, right? So <laughs> I was going to get rid of it. And this giant gorilla that I won or uh, co-won at ski ball, right? It was, I guess, small for a real gorilla. But, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, so I took a picture of it. And you know what? 
it's like just as good memories wise for yeah. personal items uh, of, of that level of personal item. You know what I mean? What I really wanted was to be able to look at those things and remember. And that's basically what happens with the picture too. <laughs> Holy shit. Brian invented <laughs> NFTs. Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do not fund. I, I mean, I, there's hundreds of books behind me and then hundreds of books in front of me. There's a whole bunch of things that I've sold and then eventually repurposed at some point just because like I'll have read a book or I'll need shelf space or I'll cycle through. And then a couple of years later, like, Oh, I really want to reread that. And I'll, I'll pick it up again or something like that. Um, trying to think that there might, I, nothing really comes to mind, but it's almost always like a hardcover collection or an upsell or a, a rebuy or something like that. Yeah. My stepdad once, he had uh, like Fantastic Four number one, X-Men number one, all those. And then years later, he got the collected editions and he's like, well, what do I need with the with the original ones? You know, he got rid of them and later on has uh, regretted it. Yeah. But he I also bet. got a no prize once. So that's pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think the from the era when no they were still actually sending out an envelope yeah. with nothing in it. Yeah. 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 That's pretty great. That's cool. Yeah. It's um, great. <clears throat> What's mine? I had Amazing Fantasy 15 mm. and I sold it. Um, I had just gotten a divorce and I needed some start over money. So I sold my car and I sold my, um, or I traded in my car for a more reasonable car. I had a Mustang uh, oh. and I had Amazing Fantasy 15 and I sold it. And I, 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 I don't know if I wish I still had it. I probably, yes. You know what? Yes, I do. I do wish I still had it. Yeah. But yeah. you are not sure if you regret having sold it. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I would probably get it graded at this point if I, if I had it again. Um, oh, no, Noel's having so, a conniption because of so our... So you guys, yeah. you guys have no... Yeah. You're seeing each other in real time and everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Fuck everything. Oh, no. That means the problem's me. That's fine. I'll figure it out. Keep going. Continue to talk okay. about your... Amazing Fantasy 15 and things? the comics your father gave away. That's great. I'll talk to, I'll talk to you guys on occasion. Yeah. When oh, it's we also... <laughs> this is a bit off topic, but... Uh, what else is new for this show? <laughs> right on. on. Oh, the off topic yeah. is the topic. Yeah. So uh, my dad, you know, we were in the newspaper wholesale business, as I think I've mentioned on the show many times, and he had some serious, like, golden age Superman comics, like see in reprints of famous covers kind of like the uh him sticking his head in the lion's mouth that one you know that kind of thing and there was a fire at the business when i was in fourth grade and those were in the safe it was not a fireproof safe and they were lost obviously that wasn't anybody's decision but it, you know it's a shame yeah it sucks yeah um so thank you chris uh for that email that was a really good that was a great question i um i applaud you it was great do it. Um, you just said I applaud you. Yeah. I want to. I want the applause. Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, the nature of applause, right? What is it? Did he get applause? I guess so. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, letters, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the letters portion of the show is done. We have done it. That's it. Congratulations to us. I applaud us. <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. But now we're going to move on to the, the meat, the meat and potatoes of the show, which is uh, this week's or this month's yeah. comic book deliveries. 
We're going to start off with Vanish number one from Image Comics, which is written by Donny Cates with art by Ryan Stegman. Oh, you know what? Hey, I should mention we're skipping the what you do this week, huh? Because we got a bunch of books to get to. Oh, it's funny. I was going to say we can make this decision real time. Do you want to do a one or two what you've been up to this week while Noel gets back in the swing? Oh, sure. Actually, it looks like yeah. Hal said, I guess my email didn't go through. Ah. So why don't you say some things while I look for Hal's email? Okay. You guys, I watched Quantum Leap, the new one, episodes one and two. Hey, Noel's back. All right. Not to what we've been up to this week. <laughs> no, we're getting into the books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we were gonna we were gonna stall for time by saying stuff that we had I mean, watched, but uh, you're we're here. already like forty minutes uh, over schedule, so just power through whether I'm here or not. Okay, all right, sweet. Uh, um, anyway, JD's looking up a letter, and I was saying about how I watched two episodes of the new Quantum Leap show, and I'll tell you what, I love the show, and um, you know Quantum Leap. And the first episode was very network TV, right? And I was like, a lot of setup, a lot of very hanging a lantern on it, but even the lantern was obvious setup kind of stuff. And I was a little worried because it's partially by the creator um, of the original one, and that was a long time ago. But I think there's a new showrunner. So I thought to myself, the exposition is done now. Let's see what happens. Second episode was great. You know, they were like into it. Now that we're into the leaping... It's like, all right, here we go. Some cool reference to the other stuff that is interesting if you watch the other stuff, but also serves a story point. And uh, I have high hopes. We'll see how the next several episodes and series uh, goes. Uh, I got caught up I on all of House that of the Dragons. I was looking for the email. I got caught up on House of the Dragons just yeah, recently. Okay. And really quick, really quick. Um, everything that I disliked, disliked and found grody about game of thrones this entire show is uh that's a feature that is a highlight huge feature and i'm just kind of i'm gonna finish the season but i'm probably done with it yeah yeah you confused me noel because you're saying it's a feature not a bug made me think that it is a feature not a bug no no no. it's the shittiness is a feature of the show and I don't care for it. How much do you love incest yeah. and intermingling with uh, with family? I think a reasonable amount. I mean, don't, love it. don't look at my, my Pornhub search. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's do that. What do you been up to this week, JD? <laughs> well, let me, let me bring up my Pornhub search. <laughs> Stepsister, stepbrother, stepuncle. Step- oh, well, I mean, it's, it's your own personal game. It's step, step yeah. puppy. Keep it, keeping the lineage strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's got to uh, be a game Hal, Hal, I found your email. Here we go. Here it is. We have this one more better email. be good, Hal. We're, uh, we searched for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went through a lot uh, of buffering for this. He resent it. Uh, here we go. <laughs> good evening, guys. It's your boy, Charles in Chattanooga, a.k.a. Hal2814. How's it hanging? While, a while back, I decided to go cold turkey on Batman because it felt like DC was just shoving him down our throats. Then there was the Batman movie, which was so good. Then Batman Catwoman. So I got it because I like Tom King when he only has 12 issues to do. Yeah. Um, next was Batman Beyond the White Knight. And now Batman One Bad Day, the Riddler and then Two-Face. And I broke down and I got them too. 
Hmm. My question is, is there a character or series you wanted to take a break from and for whatever reason kept getting dragged back in? I can answer for JD. I see you guys. (laughs) Sorry. Hopefully I see you guys live tonight because it's football season, Monday night football, and I have to keep up with my fantasy team. But when I do miss it live, I'll watch y'all during the week. Till next time. Spoiler alert. So Noel says he has... Oh, I can answer can for answer you. For it's me? probably just Spider-Man in general. Oh, wait, no. You know, it's not true. You've never wanted to take a break from it. Yeah. Oh, oh. I wanted to take a break during the oh. Clone Saga. And I wanted time. to take a break during <laughs> during John Burns Chapter 1 but, and John Burns um, Sp- Spider-Man run after that. But did you? And then... No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So you didn't get pulled back in. You just were held fast. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I got I so uh, Batman's my character I think because I uh, I was I jumped into Tom King late I got a little annoyed with it but really liked the finish but and I was excited about Tinian coming Tinian coming on got like six or seven issues into it and I just really disliked it so jumped off then I saw that Chip Zdarsky was coming on jumped on it and I'm I'm ready to drop it after the first arc it's fine. Uh, but maybe I'm just no longer Batman in single issues fan because I've, I've been preferring the miniseries and other stories as opposed to the ongoing. JD? I have one more. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Scott Snyder's Justice League. Uh, yeah. Did you get keep getting pulled into that? Yeah. Or was it, I, I, yeah. I kept leaving. I know. And right. then Noel would tell me what was happening, and I was like, "That sounds so great." That's and not fair. And then I fair. would jump back in, and I was like, "Oh, it was, it, it was no, no, no. It's not Noel's fault. I, it's just the way Noel told it sounded awesome. But then when I was reading it, I was like, it was better when Noel. But was then I kept, but then I kept saying, guys, like, guys, this sounds cool. It's not. It's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> he did say I, that. Like a lot. it was like the yeah. caveat it's, of it's every excited. Like I was excited to purge it as opposed to excited to tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Honestly, these days, my What's yours, Brian. Oh, uh, nothing comes to mind that that I've had that going on with. Um, I remember thinking distinctly, like years ago, that being a uh, ongoing comics fan is like you have to stick with the characters that you really like, even if they've sucked for a while, because especially in those days when no trades or anything, you're like, you know, if something cool starts happening, I won't know about it until, you know, until it's already three inches in, it's too late. But um, not to say that there's never been a book that I was just disinterested in and dropped and then never picked back up. But I don't think there's ever been one that I kept going back to, you know, that I was like, ah, I'm done. And then kept I, returning. Can to. I, can I be honest? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm at a point now where I'm enjoying endings very much, and I look yeah. forward to dropping books when creative teams leave. I uh, yes, you just create the ending, uh, kind of <laughs> like so. Like Daredevil is over. so. Jason Aaron <laughs> is about to leave Avengers. I've been with it from the jump. I'm excited yeah. to let that kind of end and to just let go All of right. Avengers for a while. My my pull box is too fucking big, and I've got such a backlog. I can't imagine a single creative team. I'm sure there's creative teams that I would be excited about and I'll explore eventually, but I can't imagine 
a creative team that'll just be like, I can't wait to stay on this book. Like, I, I'm kind of looking forward to like jump off points so I could explore something else. And then I'll like circle back around as opposed to the grind of, you know, monthly books sometimes. Right. So like, what if Donnie Cates took over Avengers after Jason Aaron left? I mean, I'm already reading his Thor and Hulk. Well, it's not going to happen, but I'm already reading his like Thor and Hulk. And so it's like, what if he left Thor and Hulk to do Avengers? And I would, I would look forward to leaving Hulk and Thor and then we'll explore them later <laughs> down the road. I, 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 but Jason Aaron <laughs> starts on Hulk and Thor. <laughs> he returns to Thor. Um, yeah, he returns yeah, yeah. to I Thor mean, and it's all There's new. always a caveat, but like I, even that kind of like, it's just like I'm, more, I'm, I'm reading all of Johnny Cates' like other stuff. It's not like I, things are so, like the market is so large right now. It's not about like I'm leaving comics, they suck. It's like yeah. there's only enough time of the day and I could circle back around on a lot of things. Yeah. I don't have to have. 25 books a week that's just ridiculous so like i'm almost looking for outs or for exit sure. ramps at this point uh todd engel is commenting down in the chat says spider-man is super pick up for a run slash drop slash pickup avengers hasn't been good since well a long time ago jason aaron who i generally love was a no now i don't know if i would count like if that's the qualification i've done that plenty of times where it's like you know nightwing is a character that I don't follow long term, but if I hear something interesting is coming, I might pick it up. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but it just doesn't feel like I keep trying to quit it and I go back, you know. I mean, I I hope I hope it doesn't I hope I didn't get off the impression that I'm not loving Avengers. I'm actually loving it. I'm just looking forward to, what it like, like the to three me. Avenger the three monthly Avengers books not being on my poll list right now. <laughs> um no, I, love them. Says, great. I love Spider Man from I love Spider-Man from being a kid, but one more day in Clone Saga pissed me off so bad I stopped reading Spider-Man, but I'm slowly going back to him. Wait, why was that addressed to me? Why does it say, nah, Brian, I love Spider-Man? Did I say something against Spider- or against Hal's love of Spider-Man? No, I'm not sure. Right. You expect me? Maybe, he's just, maybe you're just his favorite, favorite yeah, that's, uh, guest. I could see that. If you expect me to <laughs> respond to anything that's happening in real time, you can go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> Was that something we said a little while ago? It doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, speaking of Donny Cates, Vanish number one from Image Comics, written by Donny Cates with art by Brian Stegman. Oliver Harrison was a mythical hero who slayed the greatest threat to his realm before even hitting puberty. But that was then. As an adult, Oliver leads an average cookie-cutter suburban life. Aside from the fact that he's mentally unstable massively paranoid, smokes like a chimney, and gets blackout drunk every night to hide from his horrific nightmares. Will the arrival of a superhero team called The Prestige prove the madness isn't all in Oliver's head? And what about all the epic fantasy crap from his childhood? So, uh, straight off the bat, this was an interesting book. Uh, it took a bunch of stuff and jammed it together, and I still liked it. Uh, uh -huh. We have basically Harry Potter. Uh, you know, right? He's like he's a he's this kid. Um, he has to go up against uh, a villain. He defeats the villain, um, and then goes on with his life. He grows up, and then that's where the Harry Potter ends. And he grows up and becomes um, addicted to many substances and all this whatnot. And uh, then this superhero kid shows up, and hijinks ensue, and some and some 
fun twists. I like this. I thought this was kind of fun. Uh, it feels a little edgelordy somehow. I'm not, I can't explain why. It's aesthetic. Uh, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. What did you it's think? It's a very 90s sort of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Very yes. much uh, like, a, like a 90s comic. It's, oh, it's like we talked about last week. We were talking about books, uh, you know, aesthetic from certain uh, periods of time in comic book history being revisited with a modern sensibility. Yeah. Well, so this like is sort of that, right? I actually what? was, wait. It sounds like a fun conversation. Was the conversation started I because I mentioned oh, this oh. book? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I I in one like in the notes from last week I had erased Vanish One because I touched on it real quick and I was like, Oh, we're gonna talk about it next week. But like it's basically my feeling of it too. Like it's all of these um kind of tropes that I don't have affection for at all, because it's not an era of comics that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. This nineties aesthetic and chains and fucking uh dark, crazy weirdness. Um but it's just done it's done with a modern voice and despite all of the shit thrown at it and it just jammed into it there's still a perceivable heart in there and it's effective and i just i really enjoyed it i um i really enjoyed it despite myself i enjoyed it and yeah it like harry potter or the harry potter esque person um, if they were marked for death from age like one on and forced to murder or like the chosen one to force to murder and do all this crazy shit to like save the world, you'd have real trauma, real, yeah. imperceivable, difficult to get over substance abuse trauma. And I was like, oh, it's edgy, but it's kind of no lies detected, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, what did you think, Brian? Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you what, in the beginning, I did not think that I would. Um, I started reading it and I was like, a first issue, <clears throat> like a first issue, like so many first issues before it, you know, and, um, the, I don't know, something about the beginning of the setup just seemed pretty by the numbers and I found myself drawn into it. I think I was a little more drawn into it when I found out, you know what? No, when it first came that it was, oh, this is the story. What happens when the the chosen one has already done his thing and now it's over and it gets real. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, this. Ex- Mm-hmm. It's Baron Baron Vanish is the bad guy. I thought he was Vanish. No. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh so who's Hollow? I don't know. Who's that guy? Oh wait. Hey, somebody's Hollow. Yeah. But uh guy, I Doesn't matter. They so anyway, when he shows up, he's this purple fellow, and um he's like terrorizing everything magically. And this chosen one uh, is listing the things he's not supposed to do, one of which is don't use anything from the regular world. And he's broken that rule, pulls out a gun and shoots the guy and it takes him out. Aces, no problem. You know, I, love, I, I <laughs> was, laughed out loud I, at that. Yeah. I was like, yes, it was. <laughs> it was a legit. And I so um, at the uh, fan expo, um, I, yeah. I subscribed to their to, to Donny Cates and um, 
Ryan Stegman's Substack. Part of that was that I went and saw their their panel at the Fan Expo. So I got a chance to like do a Q&A and stuff. Um, his pitch, his description for, for Vanish, he went in like a weird rant slash tear about like, uh, you know, like all the things that he wanted to nitpick at Harry Potter and how like um, oddly specific it is and how like, uh, you know, you could break it apart with just like changing one plot point. And he was just like, give the kid a gun immediately. And then it's over. It's a completely different story because they have no, like they have not introduced anything like this in the world and blah, blah, blah. So it was like taking something that you have like issues with kind of like inserting other like um, uh, conflicts and then seeing what happens afterwards. So it was like, it, it would turn, it was like a, a storytelling exercise So he was like, well, you know, would it like it's thinking through things like, oh, what if I gave Harry Potter a gun? And then he just ended Voldemort in the second movie or would things go from there? Yeah. Um, and then it turned into yeah. this and it was I, like, even that as a short pitch sounds like the most uninteresting edgelord bullshit, but he spun it into like a really entertaining yeah. comic. Gold. Yeah. And it continues ah. to be cool. Yeah. You know, the whole, like in the, the first couple of scenes, you think he's this, you know, he's this guy who's on all kind of drugs and he drinks all the time and, you know, he's really screwed up everything uh, but after that flashback, it turns out it's mostly because he's dulling the kind of magical yeah. pain of, you know, emotional and magical pain. Um, and uh, so it's very understandable. And then, you know, he gets he gets some magic back and he's like, oh, I'm done with that now. And, yeah, uh, and it, it's a yeah, it's the idea that these these former not Dementors. What were they in uh, Voldemort's followers? I forget what they were. Death Eaters. The Death Eaters. These former Death yeah. Eaters are making death. themselves appear as superheroes and just doing good deeds. He was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to make myself yeah. look like a bad guy and I'm going to hunt all you motherfuckers down. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> and I think he's... <laughs> it's Harry Potter meets the Thunderbolts meets Irredeemable. Mm -hmm. hmm. Those are all great things. But I think also... Well, Harry Potter. I think the guy that uh, was take the form of the kid superhero mm -hmm. and he said, no, 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 we've changed. Like, it's not like that. I don't think he's lying about that. Like, I think there's more to their story, too, um, which seems interesting. Also, yeah. it is Baron Vanish and his followers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. That's the story there. So we were I, both I, right. I, I thought that was I thought that was weird. Well, you were right. When I saw that the. <laughs> The Voldemort character was called Ver ba Baron Vanish, and the book is called Vanish. I'm yeah. assuming, is he going to be calling himself Vanish because he's going to be the new villain of the piece? Like Vanish, I'm Vanish. Who are you calling Vanish? Ah, so confusing with between us. I I want to, but then also <laughs> so, never want to see that conversation happen in this comic book. The oh Vanish, me Vanish, you Vanish. <laughs> well, the other Baron. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking then, about the other Vanish. I came in. You don't need me. The I'm last panel is everyone going. Ah, Hey, hey, it's Vanish. No. <laughs> this book is All cool. Right, well, we don't need to read this. No, that's, that's actually happen. that's issue two. Yeah. So this is um this is an <laughs> do it this is an ongoing. I see that with air quotes. Ongoing. Oh, huh. It's a eight issue story with room to continue if they wanted to, but it seems as though they're going to maybe do this in volumes, not unlike like Hellboy style, where it's like the first series of Vanish is eight issues, and that's that. 
and then take a break and start again. Because this is a uh, Stegman's art is is awesome, and he's getting more and more detailed with his yeah. with his work. So I'm assuming it probably takes a lot longer these days. Oh, hey, I also like that his wife and the way that they reveal that his wife is mm-hmm. the kid, girl, you know, or teenager from from his past. So she's also in the magical realm and they've still got these. Well, that's a, you know, like that's that a bit of, of a piece of it, too. I, I think I remember in the in the pitch, mm-hmm. he talks about how, like, um, also like the dynamic of these characters is what if you also peaked at high school um, and you mm-hmm. married your high school sweetheart kind of thing, like you have real world problems, even though it might've been true love. So like, that's also like another layer of it. Everything that he was meant to do in life, he did at like 13. Yeah. <laughs> so the Although kind of trauma that... and bullshit you go through since then. <laughs> and yeah, not having anything to do, I guess. But, uh, he saw that vision, which they see pretty well. Also, like he sees Baron vanish, like trotting upon the world. Mm. Um, so I think that's a cool tease too, because it seems like it's not done. It's a good book. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to issue two. I'm definitely gonna stick with this one. Um, let's move on to let's not stick with this one. Let's move on to Amazing Spider-Man number ten from Marvel Comics, written by Zeb Wells with art by Nick Dragoda. It's time for Spider-Man to be judged, and I think we all know which moment in Spidey's history is going to weigh heavily on the proceedings. You don't want to miss this very special issue that might just break your heart all over again. So. As we've said in this here episode, I have been Hmm. reading Spider-Man loyally for decades. And I saw this cover and I was like, oh, cool, great. Another another Gwen Stacy appearance. (laughs) Okay, she's been dead for also decades. And every so often it was like, oh, Gwen Stacy's return. Oh, Psycho was a clone. Psycho was this other thing, you know. and uh, I caught up on issues nine and ten of Amazing, and uh, issue nine was fun, and it dealt with the X-Men. It was X-Men crossover, part of Axe, the big crossover that's going on. Uh, and then this one, also fun, because it's also part of, uh, sorry, yeah, Axe, right? This is also This Axe. is Axe. That was Hellfire Gala, but it doesn't matter. They were, they were two one-shots. But yeah. Yeah, I liked all the, the Mary Jane stuff in the last issue. But here we got Gwen. So basically, uh, I'm not reading AXE, but what's happening is one of the, um, what are they called? Celestials is out there and he's like, hey, you got 24 hours. I'm going to judge all of you individually and we're going to see how it goes, how it shakes out. So we have Spider-Man, Peter Parker, being followed around for 24 hours by a manifestation of a celestial that has taken the form of Gwen Stacy from Peter's memories. And the end of this was kind of adorable. Uh, I really liked the end of this. Um, what did you guys think, Brian? Uh, I liked it too. I felt uh, pretty similarly to yourself, JD. When I saw the cover, I was like... <coughs> he choked. He choked That's on it. I, yeah. <coughs> I did a spit take. That's what I said to myself. <laughs> I breathed in some of my own saliva. And then I got down to reading the book. And I was like, oh, JD, or uh, Gwen, back again. This isn't, this isn't going to happen, you know. Um, let's see where they're at. So anyway, I liked it. Um, it was a good story. I liked that they said 
pretty straight away that it wasn't Gwen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't try to trick you. Although there was a moment in the book where I thought, oh, are they doing this? Because I didn't know, I didn't clock at first that it was part of the axe thing or like, you know, what that meant. Um, so there, there was a moment where I thought they might, because that's also not out of the question, that they would do it. Um, you know, we thought Bucky was gone for good too. Um, so I didn't know if they'd been leading up to something that that might make sense for uh, but yeah, it was cool. It was cool seeing them do the, the judgment thing. Mm-hmm. Although I've got to say they, everyone kind of running around and apologizing or trying to help other people. I think that probably would happen, but yeah. it is crazy. Like, do you think that's going to do it? You think that when the celestial shows up to judge you, you pretend to be nice in front of it, or even are nice, and that will spare you. I mean, it probably counts for you're something. Giving people, I think you should ask, you're giving people I way think too you much credit, ask all dude. Of the people who, yeah. yeah, I think you should ask all the people on their deathbeds who all of a sudden believe in a god. Yeah. Yes, I should ask them. Go ask uh, them, go. I, I mean, yeah. in general, too, though, you're like, you know, that's how, that's, that's very realistic. <laughs> I'm not saying it isn't, but you know, like Jameson, who is like, I got to quick apologize to everyone. And it's like, so you knew already (laughs) you should have done this. And you're right about the deathbed thing or people who know that they are dying and go around and try to make things right. That feels a little different also because, you know, they've got this new perspective and they want to make sure they want to try to make things right. It seems more like these people are like, I'm about to be judged. Oh shit! What I better I'm, help an old lady across the street. Real I mean, quick. the deathbed thing that like it it is pretty apt though because in the instance of this, the stakes are the fact that they will all be incinerated and the planet will be raised if they are judged poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it is. It is your last twenty four hours to do as many good deeds as possible. Uh, and people, yeah, people are literal. They're stupid. They they think that like oh, you, instead of just like be a good person and the right thing in your heart. It's like they checking boxes, which I, well, that's true too, which is crazy. They all most certainly would. And maybe some out of the best of intentions that they're like, I don't know what to do, but yeah. this I've been told it's good. It seems good. But, uh, from the perspective of the celestial, they're not fooling the celestial. I hope, is that you, don't, doing anything? I hope you don't think that. <laughs> right, like, exactly. They're not, they're, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. other books that have tied into this, this is off the topic. The other books that have tied into this do get into those conversations. The, like mm. um, the Axe book itself is actually from the perspective of the celestial that's doing the judging. So they'll talk about like the word balloons are actually talking about how this person is doing this and it doesn't matter because of this and or this person thinks that they're not oh, worthy yeah, and they yeah, are because yeah. of this. There's actually a really yeah. cool like sequence in the fourth issue where they're doing like a speed round like one panel judgment of a bunch of main characters and miles is the best where it's just because the the celestial either show up as a celestial and like thumb up or thumb down or engage with the person disguised as somebody that's in their life for miles it shows up as peter and just gives him a thumbs up and miles is like uh yeah okay and they and they just it's like it's hilarious. It's like this kid is so pure. Like the the progenitor is even saying like this kid is so like onto it and so worthy of his of his station that I give him a thumbs up and he responds in kind. And it's just like a, so his entire judgment was two seconds of like yeah, 
Cool. All right. <laughs> and now what are the surprises? Here. What have we got? Like any any heroes that have been judged poorly? Uh, spoilers. Sure. Yeah, be. Captain America. No. Oh, never mind. <laughs> no spoilers, apparently. What I was about to say is I'm catching up on Eternals by Kieran Gillen, and I can't oh, wait right. to get to AXE. So oh, I well, this I'm doesn't have to anything to do up. with that. Oh. The, the, the thing at the end of the issue six of Eternals doesn't have to do with how Captain America was judged, if you want to know no, that. I know. I just meant I'm going to read. Right. I'm just going to read Axe. Let's talk about it in six to 12 months. Seven months. Yeah. Sounds good. Put it on the calendar. Uh, Uh, Hal says, yeah, Noel, if you live your life trying to be a good person, you won't have to scramble on your judgment day or deathbed to make up for it. Weird that he's he's calling you out specifically. Like, Noel, you specifically need to live your life as a good person. That way you won't have to scramble. Hal is validating me. He understands that I am a good person and I don't need to scramble to do that. Oh, I see. That's good. Um, Oh, I do want to say I do not like Nick Dragota's art. On the- uh, yes and no. Nick Dragota's art, I love it usually. I'm more used to it in East of West, which is black and white with yes. just some like pops of color in certain sequences. It being completely colored like this, I, like at the very least, get rid of the five o'clock shadow on Peter's face. Like it just, it looks, yeah. there's a, like that, that panel on the bottom of, of Peter screaming, his, oh. his eyes part from his face. Like it's, Yep. It's a st- but the way that he depicts Gwen in the whole book is top notch. Like he, yeah, very good. I like he her little her, smiles. He has her yeah. acting perfect because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the course of this book, like the story of this book, is the not speaking celestial as Gwen warming up to Peter just being Peter, and it's great. Yeah. Um. You, I don't like his Peter. The only thing I don't like, actually, now that I'm looking through it, like, I, Aunt May looks great. Gwen looks great. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson looks awesome. Uh, it's really just Peter's, Peter Parker's facial expressions that just, he doesn't, it not, does not work for me. His eyes are so far anyway. apart. <laughs> he looks like an Archie character. Which his Aunt May was sort of in. There was like that... Young Aunt May and Ben in Love comic. Yeah, for a oh, while. Trouble. Yeah. Called Trouble. Just such an odd By Mark comic to have existed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, no. From like the 60s. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was a, like really? a legitimate romance comic starring young May, Ben, Ben. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I want to read that. That's awesome. I had no idea. I thought you were talking about Check Trouble. No, nope. I never read Trouble. <laughs> uh, hmm. It was weird. Uh, Briar number one from Boom Studios, written by Christopher Cantwell and art by Germ- it's Germaine. German Garcia. It's Germaine, Germaine with Garcia. A, yeah. What if Sleeping Beauty never got her happily ever after and instead had to save herself? Set in a brutal fantasy world that time forgot, this isn't the fairy tale you know. I was very excited about this book just from the cover. Hmm. I saw this cool cover, cover and I said, yeah. that cover is dope as shit. I love yeah. it. And then I read it and I was like, oh, what is this? What am I? Oh, okay. This is Briar Rose. Why do I know that name? Briar Rose. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. And then, yeah. oh, what if, what if Prince Charming never woke her up and was just like, I'm going to marry this sleeping lady and be king? Um, 
which is brutal. And yeah. then she wakes up. So much cool shit. The first half of this book, I was, I was on board. I loved it. And then as we got more and more into the story, oh, there's an R-O-U-S. I love that. R-O-U-S out of nowhere. Um, Rodents of unusual Rodents size. of unusual size. Oh. <laughs> um, and, but then for some reason, as it went, as we get to this point, we, we get to the tavern and then she gets kidnapped. I just started to get disinterested. Um, mm. It just sort of petered out for me as it went along um, until the very end. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm really going to bother with issue number two. But boy, I, I was in for the first half. What did you think, Brian? Uh, I'll tell you what, you put the comic cover up on screen and I thought, oh man, I, I must have missed that one. I totally forgot to read it. And then I opened it up and I was like, oh no, I did read this. It was not, <laughs> so maybe not that memorable. Um, I, but I think contrasting it with Vanish, this was like an issue number one that I was like, eh. Yeah, I guess you're doing the the twisted take on a classic tale. Um, and nothing all that interesting or that new about it, you know. I, I thought the second half was maybe a little bit more interesting than the first, uh, oddly. But, yeah, and come to think of it, the prince is like, ah, I'm not going to wake her up. I'm just going to be the king. I don't think he would have had much of a problem in that day and age doing whatever he wanted when he married her. You know what I mean? Um, and so the kingdom sours and then, you know, whatever, she's asleep for a long time. Kind of an interesting turn that it she's like desiccated after this because yeah, she's it's been, 100 years, you yeah. know, asleep for so long. Yeah. But that's what it was in the original one, which is sort of a weird turn right oh. i think it was like a really long time wasn't it i mean really was her family still alive i don't I, remember just dude i don't uh, know I, all i know it's been a, it's yeah. like a, a yeah long time it's been a long time and uh yeah i had the same experience i was like briar rose that's very familiar mm-hmm. well um, I've, I've been reading some, yeah. i've been reading uh fables so briar rose yeah. is a main character is that what they call her yeah yeah <clears throat> Yeah, um, where she, you know, pricks her hand and falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, I think in the Disney movie, her name's Aurora, yeah. right? Yeah, but Briar makes sense. She, it's all about Thorns, that. baby. That prick really defines her. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I like this a lot more than you guys did. Um, oh, good. Cool. I really, like, the f- the first half is stronger. The second half is, feels like exposition, or... The first half is exposition, but it's good. The second half feels like table setting, and it's quick. So I mm. think it's a pacing problem. Neither of them are less interesting than each other. It's just they put a lot of very interesting groundwork. And also, too, I want to call out the, the, the text boxes, the narration of a narrator who was fired from their job and or doesn't exist anymore is interesting. Yeah. That is and cool. it's fun. Yeah. And they bring it back later I too. Dead, right? Well, yeah, dead. Yeah, the narrator is yeah, dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and that that also kind of the narrator usually for these stories or at least historically is a male lens. I guess you could probably say, hmm. right? It's the narrator is always like an orator, and it was just always a a man or a male. And then 
the twist. I mean, that's how I've always read it, and that's literally how it's always been orated in plays and 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 movies and stuff. Yeah, like it's, I know. Like the Brothers Grimm, like collected it, and I never thought about it before. But now that you mention it, I wondered, like, who was telling those stories that they collected? Every time, you know, was at it? least in at yeah, least in pop know. culture or just any time that it's been yeah, translated, sure. yeah, the yeah. narrator is a man. Yeah, um, that's true. And then the twist of the story being whether it's realistic or not or whatever is the prince charming prince is it charming in this one or not i don't care the prince yeah i think so removing autonomy from her and then the, so like they remove the, the the narrator the twist is removing autonomy and then she is kissed by something or someone someone yeah Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, and it's, mis- right, yeah, and yeah. now it's kind of like a earn your. I found this mildly empowering. I'd like to see where it goes. Do I think that this was a perfect issue? No, but there was enough interesting things in here where I, I absolutely want to see where it goes. So yeah, I will. I'll finish this series. That's cool. And I what love if the it's art. A time you know, I gotta... travel story, and she it, she kisses herself. Sure. Uh, that'd be cool. Sure. Um, I do like the time jump aspect. You know, yeah. now that we're looking at it again, me having forgotten about it, maybe it's <laughs> not as much of a condemnation. Wait, wait. Okay, so <laughs> I, it, I know, you know that you guys usually clipped. So I, I, we all have different reading habits. I usually will like read slowly over the course of the week and and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that you guys usually kind of like clip them all in. This was a good two sitting book. I read the first half, mm. did something else for a little while, and then read the second half, and it did absorb much better than just a speed read through like we can superhero comics are just meant to be kind of like eaten like popcorn this is a this one was a little different especially with the narration how it was kind of like interweaving and then disappeared and came back it was um it was a better in pieces i do want to say i love the artwork yeah Mm. the art is a good looking especially when the artist let's see what is the artist's name um jermaine hermaine garcia jermaine garcia when when they're working with shadows when the panels get darker and we get a little bit more interplay between shadow and light uh very very well done it's almost mignola-esque um yeah very nice it's like mignola meets um uh who was that guy who was drawing uh, otto schmidt it's mignola meets otto schmidt uh, which is a very cool looking book yeah I like I like uh, this. Yeah, I'm curious to see now that the setup has been done. <laughs> I mean, I probably won't see it, but uh, maybe it'll be collected in a cool trade. But uh, this setup of the jump, the jump ahead, is something that doesn't usually happen in fantasy stories in this way. And you know, like they're in a different world than the one they left, kind of thing. Yeah, her her um, kingdom. It's, so that could be very it's cool. However, many hundred years later, her kingdom is completely yeah uh, taken over by different factions. You get a map. The, mm. it's, this series is only four issues, so it's oh, is that it's right? like low buy-in. That's interesting. Let's see where it goes, okay. kind of thing. Like it's if this was the mm. beginning of an ongoing, maybe I'd feel differently. But I'm, I'm absolutely going to give it a second issue because there was enough. There was okay. enough really interesting shit in there. Do a thunder round when issue two hits. I refuse. <laughs> of course, sure. Okay. Yeah, no thunder rounds. <laughs> Hey, um, speaking of a thunder round, you guys, thunder round. Yes. I uh, read some book that I kind of thought was on our list that I don't think was. Did either of you read Love Everlasting issue number yeah, two? Yeah, I did. No. Yeah? Um, what did you, you think about it? Did you like it? I did. 
I did. It it, um, yeah. it, it kind right. of expanded the weirdness of the first issue. So instead of it being like okay. Quantum Leap-esque where she's jumping into or at least seemingly without agency jumping into different love stories or romance tropes, there's also somebody yeah. chasing her through these tropes. And she's... Oh, okay. And she's... um. Every time that she dies or leaves one, she's able to re. She can like start over, so like yeah. mm-hmm. so like it's just kind of like Groundhog Day style, kind of replaying it. So like, the whole issue was constructed as, um, uh, her perfectly going through a scenario and a stable girl marrying the 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 master's son and they're in love forever and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it was really, you, it's real, it's revealed that it was really just her kind of gaming the system to get a, to finally get a gun in order to shoot her, her, uh, oh, shit. T- like it's, so it's, it's playing with all of these tropes in really interesting ways. I have no idea what the fuck is going on still, but it's very good. Um, for anyone, for anyone who doesn't know love everlasting is the new Tom King series that is dealing with the um, tropes of sort of the misogynistic romance comics from the sixties. And the first issue we talked about, and I think we all loved, I think it's romance novels too, because I don't know if, have there been like Jane Eyre and Downton plate, Downton Abbey style comics. Cause it it plays with those. It just plays with all romance literature. I would say. Yeah, oh, I think okay. there probably yeah. were, you know, in the in the era when crime and romance comics were, uh, yeah, were I guess big, so, yeah, kind of pre Silver Age, yeah. Um, it's very, I think it's, those were it's there. very good. It's very fascinating, even though I only barely understand what's going on. I don't know, Brian. What did you did you feel the same way or differently? Eh, I so I remember the last one being like, "What's going on here?" And kind of at the turn at the end, I was like, "All right, that was interesting," and then. I, I had totally forgotten about it. And I, and I was like, well, what's this love everlasting number two? And we get into it. And I remembered what the deal was. And I felt like this was way too much of the romance story. Yeah. It was like the whole issue was one section of issue number one. Yeah. And then you get to the interesting part at the end again. And I'm like two pages. Well, recap the fact that she's in a romance thing and then get into it. I mean, I, I mean, I, so I was about to say, I think that was intentional. Of course it was fucking intentional. Yeah. That's what they made. But I, mean, yeah. wrote it. <laughs> I, I was right. just trying to Brian before you Brian. All right. Just give me a second. <laughs> well, then you're onto something. Well, um, but <laughs> I love that they did that because what I read before, they literally for 20 out of the 22 pages uh, or like maybe 15 hmm. out of the 22 pages, they, took me on a different journey and made me kind of question it for a while and like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then hit me. Now, I don't think every issue is going to be like this. I think it's going to be more like the Probably first not. issue. This was just kind of showing you how she's able to gain experience and kind of, yeah. so like I, I really liked if every issue is like this, where it's 90% a good facsimile of a romance novel that I'm not interested in. Yeah. Yeah. But this one version yeah, of it yeah. is great, and I hope they just kind of keep building on it. All right. You should read three, and then we'll see if it's the new format or not. I'll give three a shot. 
Yeah, uh, Hal said, yeah, I was hooked on first issue of Love Everlasting and Confused. The second issue is just as confusing, but it's still really interesting. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> All right, I Batman versus a... Robin. What do you got there? A 100 grand? grand? Not uh, worth it. What do you sell those for at Gianni Destructo Zero Complex at 4327 Main Street? 100 pennies. All right, let's move on to the next book, Batman versus Robin number one from DC Comics, written by Mark Wade with art by Muhammad Asrar. Deep in the heart of Lazarus Island, the demonic legacy of the Al Ghul family line has at least been freed, and the devil Nezah <laughs> is out for blood to reclaim his total to reclaim his total domination over planet Earth. Neza has supercharged magic. Anyone who dares use it is overcome by a demonic evil that supercharges their abilities to dangerous, unpredictable, and in some cases, deadly levels. With Damien in Neza's clutches and Bruce haunted by the return of an old friend, the Dark Knight and the Boy Wonder are pitted against one another in the battle of the century. So, Noel, you've been keeping up with World's finest, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did finish the first arc, and uh, that whole first arc was like a. It, the main bad guy was this demon Nezra, and they traveled back in time and fought the demon and and trapped them forever and blah. Um, but then, at the very end of that issue, they uh, World's Finest takes place in the recent past. So World's Finest is like five to ten years ago in current continuity. So it's a younger Superman who's not married and with kid. Uh, Batman does not know about Damien. Damien's probably not even, maybe not even born yet. Doesn't know about him. And Dick Grayson is still Robin. So they fought this demon. It, the end of issue six, they immediately go to current day or, you know, current day. And... It shows Damien um, on Lazarus Island, which is, I guess, a thing that was in his series uh, where the Lazarus term was, um, finding the tomb of Nazra. So it tied into Damien's journey currently. So now this is picking up from that thread. So what Mark Wade has kind of done is over the course of two different books, kind of built up a, a big bad because apparently this Nazra is uh, the source of the Al Ghul's kind of power. Like he may even be the source oh. of the Lazarus or like, you know, the supernatural source of the Lazarus pits. So that's this, cool. This whole idea of as I so I'm reading World's Finest. I had no idea if it was a new character or just a, an old character that I'd never fucking heard of because there's millions of those. So if and also Mark Wade has a tendency to grab those types of characters. And, yeah, he does. And so, yeah, so I had the feeling he was a new character, but have you found out? No, no. I was actually just going to say, anybody listening or watching or interested oh. in this, if you know that this is a legacy character that we've just is you know hmm. hidden by the time, please pipe up and I will hmm. gladly admit defeat. I just it's it was a new character to me. Um, but yeah, um, so like he's he's like over two course over the course of two series, he's kind of built up this bad guy, and I do not know what's happening in the Robin book, uh, but this one starts with Robin being kind of, uh, I guess maybe possessed, 
by Nezra. Yeah, so it would seem. So it would seem. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he has like a little army of other little little sons of bitches, and they're all gonna fight Batman. <laughs> um, these are previously known sons of bitches. Yeah, too, it's, uh, it's, uh, Tim cool. Hunter, which is yeah, really yeah. interesting. Uh, but. The, yeah. the the big crazy weird reveal that I had no idea was going to happen in this book was like right off the bat, uh, Alfred's alive. Now, yeah, he, Bruce goes through like all the steps of like proving that this isn't really Alfred, and all of them kind of fail. And hey, maybe this is Alfred. And knowing that the Lazarus Pits is kind of a piece of this, like maybe yeah. that is yeah. actually Alfred. Cool. Yeah. I, like it. And Mark Wade is the writer who might be uh, uh, want to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, and so yeah. I'm also getting the impression that Mark Wade is um, one of the architects of like what's coming in DC for a while. Like, oh, is he? Well, he's oh, yeah, been he's be been cool. writing more and more DC stuff the last like year and a half, and then post Dark Crisis, there's a bunch of things that his name's on. Including like the mm. primer issue at the end, you know, like the Dark Crisis Big Bang, and it. I think even the solicitation says something like Mark Wade, architect of the DC universe. It like is tells you all the things and blah blah blah. So it, I, I'm okay with that. I'm super okay with it too. Yeah. Like, and if he's, yeah. if in these two books he's setting up maybe some fun new, classically tinged things, I'm so fucking down. That would be yeah. cool. Yeah, his his world's finest has been bonkers good. Yeah. I, I'm like two issues behind, but Same. it's been it's issue awesome. seven almost yeah. made the list because you could read it without yeah. having read one through six, and it's just so fucking mm. good. Mm. It, there is yeah, this was this was good. I like this this particular issue. I actually really enjoyed this as well. I don't know if Alfred is back to stay or if he's just a um, uh, side effect of what's going on with magic. Maybe, but yeah. Um, otherwise, I enjoy. I it. hope he's I, back to stay. Right, like it's like he was gone for a while. Batman's cool with Alfred. I know? can go either way. Like the way that they've same. So mm. I always I, I look at um, Captain America, Brubaker's Captain America, and how well you could pull off a character death in comics. Yeah. Since Alfred's been gone, I've not missed him because they keep using mm. him in context of him being gone. Like flashbacks of Alfred. What would Alfred do? Like it's like you define the importance of the character not by constantly defining them but by showing the space that has to be filled by everyone else around him so i i've not actually missed alfred he's been in every fucking book he's just not I currently mean, I alive him either because i haven't read a single batman comic <laughs> since he he's, he's, left, being, but, he's being represented right. uh, in, in yeah, very yeah. very fun and interesting ways so like if he's back rad alfred's the man if he's not and this yeah. is just a sense of closure for the characters that's also rad. I'm totally He'll cool. Be back with later. Yeah, it's fine. yeah. It's yeah. if this is if this is a trick, it's still comics. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll be back. <laughs> I still I still don't remember how he got his hand back after losing his hand. He lost his hand. Yeah, Joker. You know what? I haven't read the second half of uh, Snyder's run, so I don't know either. You know what? Actually, is Alfred one of the first characters to die and come back? Um, because he died like in the late 50s early 60s something in that and he was gone for a little while and i think it was the adam west tv show that they wanted him in that and so they brought him back in the comics and then he was the outsider oh yeah for a I while. he was like yeah he like um 
they did an homage to it in Flashpoint. I was, I was going to say, I think the Martian Manhunter was the outside. John's yeah. played with that shit. No, actually, it was like um, yeah. in Forever Evil, there was a version of the Outsider from Earth Three that was yeah. Earth Three's. So like Jeff Johns has been playing with that shit for a little while too. Yeah, because he was. That was the original way that they brought him back. Was somebody had taken him and brainwashed him, I think, and turned him into the Outsider, and then. Yeah, they got so, him back and he was fine. He was Mah- right. Mahmoud Asrar is a name that I see all the time and like I'm, I'm always just cool with it. Um, but he's not a name that it's just like oh, I gotta I gotta I gotta pick that book up. His art is great. Yo, this was good. His art is, well, yeah. this is shit. Like it's always great. It's always really good. So I'm like, why don't I just follow Mahmoud Asrar? Because hmm. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Right? Like his his art is fantastic. Uh, yeah. I have come around on him. When he Were first when he, when he yeah. first appeared, I was a little annoyed that he liked Stuart Eminem so much. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but we don't get enough Stuart Eminem. That's okay. That's true. Like all, yeah. his his original work, or I'm sorry, the, the original work that I came across when he first uh, came around, uh, as far as I was aware, it was it was a very very much a um, hmm. Stuart Eminem ripoff. But oh, in the same cool. way that in the same way that Patrick Gleason started off as a Doug Monkey ripoff and has since developed his own style, <laughs> Mahmoud Asrar has has done similar. Yeah, I really like looking at this comic. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Two comic-y type cool things. One, you were just on JD, where you know Batman's out, no resources except what he's got on him at the moment. Kind of thing is cool, where he's like, we got these six lockpicks and a small laser and this magic key. And, you know, that's it. Um, that was cool. Also, the magical prisons that all of them, especially Etrigan, are in yeah. uh, is interesting. Like, what would somebody in the DC Comics world do or have happened to mm-hmm. them? And uh, Mark Waite is, is always knocks it out of the oh, park. It's super kind of brutal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, he, he's really good at, like, how would somebody who actually lived in this world do what they wanted to do? You know? Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next issue. And I had no idea that I would be this interested in a Batman versus Robin. Oh, it's it's also a terrible yeah. title, but it's, it's just, it, it, um, yeah. The thing that, uh, so Zatanna, man, this, uh, mm, this right? image here with the snap neck and the noose, woofa, scoofa. Um, the thing that confuses me, is she's in the middle of doing a spell which says golden fairy burn to ash. Yeah. And then it backfires and, oh, oh, hang yourself. There, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, somebody used her kind of magic on her. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Hang yourself, hang yourself, hang yourself. There it is. Super spooky to see Zatanna in that sort of way. Yeah, so that's- Now, do we know who Mother (coughs) Soul is? No, no, but that's the, I know. that's the, and I don't the know demon. if he existed so, before, head of but, the demon, yeah. oh, you know what? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, you know what? I only read the one Robin issue for this, for the show. Yeah. And that design looks kind of familiar. I wonder if she was the one running that, um, tournament Melbourne. that was happening on the island. Yeah. Hal, I thought the exact same thing. Thank you for saying it. So if Alfred is back, does that mean that Dick has to give up the money that Alfred left for him that he has been using to help people? No, he was... That sounds you know, like something Alfred would he do. He was legally He'd pronounced like, dead. Give my, yeah. my inheritance back, bitch. He was legally <laughs> pronounced dead. It's gone. 
Yeah. Is there in the DC universe, though, like, clause, a standard clause in a will? Like, if I come back through the following means, <laughs> the will is void and I get all my stuff again. I'm going to go with no. You don't think no. so? They got to get better lawyers in the DC universe. So I have, <laughs> I have no inheritance to give to my children. I don't have, okay. I don't plan on having any inheritance. But if you would you like to help, hat? if you would like to help us, you can um, go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and um, maybe leave me a couple dollars so I can leave it to my son. That's what it's for. You're going right? to set it aside? That's what, yeah, I'll set it aside for my son. Um, <laughs> a couple of bucks. Yeah, just a couple of by a couple if, of bucks a day. If if, <laughs> if for some chance you don't care for the future of JD's son, um, you can always just yeah. go to youtube.com slash coldpopgo or facebook.com coldpoppodcasts, like, comment, subscribe, send us an email, engage with the show, have fun with us because um, we're here for you. Yeah. Not JD's son. It's true. For you. No. Because you're not contributing money um, to his future. He's a, my son is a real son of a bitch. Garbage people. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not my wife. wife. I'm the <laughs> You know, I, I never think, I never think of somebody's actual parents. Yeah. You're like, ah, this son of a bitch. There's like a total disconnect between yeah. that and their parentage. It's you not, know? It, it doesn't, it doesn't insult them at all. It only insults their parents. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, you're a great guy, you well, son I mean, of a bitch. I mean, most now, people like, uh, a good handful of people like their parents, so when you call them uh, either one of them a bitch, it's, yeah. it's an insult. You're yeah. offended on their behalf. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin made the best comment of the evening, and he says, pay these fools, exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about our next book, Creep Show oh. Number One from Image Comics, written by Chris Burnham, Paul Dini, and Steve Langford, with art by Chris Burnham and John McRae. Each issue of Creepshow will feature different creative teams with uniquely horrifying standalone stories. And I watched a movie the other night called Speak No Evil. And it is not the kind of horror that I would consider fun. I literally had trouble sleeping. It fucked me up. Uh, I woke up thinking about it. I spent the rest of the next day thinking about it. Man, it it hit me in a very specific spot in my soul. Uh, And I thought, that is not a fun horror movie. That is not a horror movie that I would revisit. That is not the the good times uh, that I enjoy from horror. This creep show is. This, at least the first vignette of this Mm. is perfect Halloween creep show tales from the crypt trick or treat uh, the movie right up my alley (laughs) this this first story was I closed it thinking perfect that was perfection that's exactly what I want from a creep show comic because I'm not a big fan of the creep show TV show that's currently going on the budget is brutal and the the interstitials with the animated creeper are awful and silent and weird. And there's no reason for it to be there. The animatronic thing. It's so weird. It's so strange. It's animatronic. It's weird. It's it's not, an, well, it's the beginning. The, so the, weird. That is weird. The creeper on the, um, the intro of the show, the credit sequence is like really bad CG. 
Okay. And then there is a animatronic creep, creeper in the interstitials who never oh, speaks. That's weird that they change it up in that way. Yes. Too. There's, yeah. yeah. And the, the budget is brutal. It's, it, I've mm. seen a couple of the episodes and some of the episodes are actually quite good. Yeah. But um, you can definitely tell that there is no budget to speak on? of. It's on Shudder. Was it on Shudder? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this... This was perfect. This was perfection. This is exactly what I wanted from a creep show comic book. What did you think, Brian? No, fuck you. No. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I also I had the same feelings about the TV show. It's I try. I, I want to love it, but I, I just it's there's right? there's too many barriers to fully enjoying it. It's like as far as camp goes, it's not even very successful camp. Um, yeah. Uh, but this comic is just gross and great. Um, it's it's yeah. it's very um, cruel, but like in a fun way. Is that is that something people say that cruelty is yeah, fun? Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, yeah, terrible. People I also I also <laughs> I also <laughs> fucking love uh, Chris no, Burnham. Of course, I love Chris Burnham's art. Um, he has a very explicit kind of detail that just lends well to horror and gross. Um, I couldn't do an entire 60 issue series of this, uh, say the boys, but um, in this tone, in this style, uh, this in and out, I, I, I I like it. This is fun. Shingo. um, I, of the two though, I, they both, they were both really good. Um, so the first story is Chris Burnham Arden. He wrote it, uh, written and, and drawn by him. Um, and it's trigger cheaters being assholes. The second one was written by Paul Dini and Steve Langford um, with art by John McRae, John McRae of a lot of Garth Ennis stuff, including some boys miniseries. Um, so the fact that it was a, essentially a mascot eating children, it just was so gross and cruel. And the, the twist at the end I actually laughed out loud because I, I didn't expect that um, when they pop them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a, which is a relief you didn't get from the first story. <laughs> right, so right. Uh, now this was like, as, as far as anthology books go, you know, usually one is great and one is fine or like two or three are great. And a bunch <laughs> of them are just like super mid these were both like they they understood the assignment and they just killed it. Yeah, I dug it. What do you think, Brian? Uh, so this is a kind of horror that I also like, you know, that kind of like uh, Tales from the Crypt or it's pursuant ripoffs, which I assume Creepshow was. Um, probably, I'm not but sure. But you probably I'm not sure which know, came first. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that kind of like over the top. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It could be a Hydrox Oreo kind of kind of situation. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of you know over the top anthology type like with the host that tackles about the lesson kind of thing. Um, sort of even if there is no host, that type of story. Um, uh, first of all, Marty McFly costume was cool. That yeah. uh, did not come up yet, but it was cool. I like the art. Um, and it's very much like one of those kinds of things. I thought 
the <laughs> one thing I noticed about the story at the end of the first story, they're you know they're going trick or treating at the end. It says. When the dim October sun would give us the answer to Phil's burning question. Now, typically, in my experience, Halloween is celebrated on October 31st. So the next day oh. is November. Yes, he wanted to say October, and he fooled himself into saying October. It's not that hard to be unfailingly correct at all times in every situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but anyway... I love to point out things of that nature, and uh, you know, you really should catch that kind of thing, honestly. But I, um, I wish my internet went out now. Uh, see, I don't see why you don't get into that kind of thing. But you know, it's like, hey, you should catch that. You know, it's a logical point that you should you should. Trick or treating is not always done on the thirty first, depending on what day it falls on. Yes, so it it's is. not. When is it not done on the 31st? I mean, in the last 15 to 20 years? Yeah. Yeah, Different times. I mean, I've heard of... I've heard of, like, Christian groups trying to get someday Halloweens to not be Halloween, but I've never heard of it being successful unless in the event of some sort of, like, um, you know, crazy weather event or something like that. But what were you saying, J.D.? Different towns over the years have put their Halloweens on different nights of the uh, weekend. Really? Yeah. So, like, if so, if like if I have Halloween never, is on a Monday, yeah. they'll put it on yeah. Saturday night so that you know, oh, the kids you can, can stay. That it's October thirty first. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna write them all letters. Um, but uh, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that happening. I've heard of people talking about it, but never in well, my experience. Not, and I'm glad that it's I it's not didn't. like an evil Footloose thing where they canceled Halloween. They just usually will like agree as a community yeah. and or a district like. Trick or treating is going to be Saturday night this week, and like it's just it's very. Oh, no, I'd be up for it if if it somehow changed to like it's always the last Saturday of October. Well, it does, you the know, day of Halloween of doesn't change. Cool. It's just you know collectively as a community, people will decide to trick or treat on a different night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that point, fantastic point by myself. Um, <laughs> but I felt I have that, power to take uh, him off screen. Do you want me to do that? Can we take him off screen? <laughs> no. Oh, you can take me off screen, Noel, but I'll still exist. Um, the uh, But the story I felt was like some nothing. I was disappointed that, I don't know, I felt like the guy acting out this vengeance, I wanted some reason that he does this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like the spirit of this guy who I guess was shot by his child or I forget, but, uh, I don't know. I was left a little wanting by the, by the tale itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, just like one, one extra detail, I think would have made it a solid story. In my opinion, the second one, um, I really liked the twist ending the whole time. I'm like, these people are hardly reacting at all to the, to this monster eating people around them. But I'll tell you, when they, the monster shows up and they're like, he char- uh, when I asked him how much he charged, he said all he wanted was lunch. I'm like, he's eating these people. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. people are going yeah. to be eaten now, obviously. Same, same, yeah. Yeah, so throughout the whole story, I was a little underwhelmed. But the final part, I think, saved it, where they beat that creature and everyone is fine and they're still kind of blasé about the whole situation. Well, And she's this manipulative, you know, uh, person. 
you know, we're girl. Just, a lot of it has to do with uh, the parents of this daughter of this girl who's having the birthday party. Yeah. And there's a yeah, scene yeah. where the mom and the, the mother and father are arguing and they continue arguing even as they're being devoured. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sort of the vibe so, of the story. Yeah. Yeah. There is like a almost surreal or, you know, heightened reality kind of quality to it where these aspects of people are really coming to the fore. This one, again, I would have liked a little tie in as to like the monster. Why is he there at this particular party? Like what drew him to be there? Uh, like a, something like that. They, they have like um, I think would have made it a more solid story. I, I don't disagree with you if this was a whole issue, but they they have like nine pages. No, I know, I know. Yeah. Also, but I was also cool. very interested in what came after this, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Was that Chitty? Yeah, like um, how, who does his printing? He I has, think he's like, been around for millennia. He probably does it himself. Uh, a lot of these out of the box products for like Squarespace and stuff are very simple to use. Yeah. <laughs> WYSIWYG websites yeah. and what have you. You can make business cards of fucking anything. And it's just only like 20 bucks. It's fine. Um, oh, and then uh, Brian's talking about the final um, story, which I think is going to be broken up into the different... It's back matter, basically, right? I couldn't even tell if that was part of this comic or if it was an ad for an upcoming comic. Um, I, I assumed it was just like back... I, I assumed it was back matter. I don't know. It could go either way as far as I know. I guess we'll find out in issue two. Which I will. I I will read the next issue of this. This is right up my alley. I love it. Uh, Let's move on to Old Dog, number one from Image Comics, written and arted by Declan Shalvey. Old Dog follows Jack Lynch, a once promising CIA operative. On the eve of retirement, looking back at a failed career, he is tasked with one final mission. That goes horribly wrong. He wakes years later to a changed world and even deeper changes within him. When a shadowy group offers Lynch a second chance for a life of adventure, he finds himself paired with the last person he could ever imagine. In order to adjust, this old dog will have to learn some new tricks. What? That's like that saying. I did not see that pun coming. That's exactly like that saying. (laughs) Right? You didn't see it punning. Uh, this was fine. Um, I, I, I don't care. I didn't care about this. Uh, I, mm. I like Declan Shalvey. I like his art. I like the cover. I, I was interested. Jack Lynch is the name of every CIA agent who has ever existed. Um, yeah. That must I, make I, it very difficult yeah. to be a CIA or agent. You know, the intention. Or very easy. Yeah. There are so many Jack Lynch's, like John Smith's. Oh, Hal says, it's my bedtime. See y'all next Monday. Bye, Hal. See Uh, y'all. Happy fantasy football. (laughs) All all people in the CIA are named Jack Lynch, but not all Jack Lynch's are people in the CIA. So they can blend in (laughs) more easily. (laughs) I I found myself confused by the storytelling, by the jumping back and forth, who's who, um, which version is which of Jack Lynch. Um, and then at the end, it seems like he's just aging and de-aging at random. Yeah, I like, can't tell can what you go to page so, okay, uh, 19 okay. specifically? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Shelby attempted to do a switcheroo, and some of the parts worked, some of them didn't. The first scene is actually the flashback 
and the second scene is actually real time. So he sets it up to where you think that him being old is current day, and then they show you him being young on a mission, thinking that that's the past. But really, the old man is the past because he goes through a thing that ages and de-ages him. Like, he's able to regenerate himself. So he's on a mission. He slowly starts to get older. The more he has to regenerate, he gets really old and then gets young again. It's like his his physiology is in constant repair, right? So I appreciated that. However, I didn't appreciate the fact that I didn't understand the fucking rules. So if the, by the time he wakes up in the bed and it's years later and he's different in that scene, they show him younger and then get older. I wanted just anyone in that fucking room to say, these are the rules of your new condition and give it to him. Yes. Because it makes, it doesn't make sense yet. Like how they did the switcheroo with the time periods makes sense. And I think that was actually done really well, but he didn't put the actual like pin on it or the punchline on it to actually say this, this is, these are your limitations as just like, you know, for the narrative, which bothers me. Maybe it'll come in issue two or three or whatever, but it was, it's just like a clutch thing that needs to happen in the first issue that just didn't. Yeah. And that, so like, I like this yeah, overall, they, they set up. except that just really important piece, man. Mm. Sorry. I, I think you're absolutely right. Like in the beginning, I didn't care about this book at all. And then I got interested in it as it was happening. They set his character up real well as like a guy who was out of the game, not by choice, but because of a a screw up and whatever. Um, But then that page where he wakes up, he's young ish. He's not as young as you ever see. Great temples. Yeah. 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 Great temples, black hair and a tighter skin. The next page, he's old again, and I flip back a couple Same. of times, which is a failure of a story. It needed to, right? it needed to happen like, in dialogue. Yeah. He, so Declan Shelby is an artist first, a, a writer second. Yeah. He created the transition, the transition in the panels, which maybe mm-hmm. if this was told straightforward or in a linear fashion throughout the whole thing, it would be clearer. But because he was already doing like kind of the narrative trick of showing you the past and the present concurrently, it was just confusing. So somebody in that room just needed to say what the new rules are. Something you are bouncing back and forth, but whatever happens to you, you'll heal from it, whatever. I Um, I don't fault him for taking the swing too, because how many times do we say in this, this is a visual medium show. Don't tell. This is one of those instances where Mm. dude, you just need to fucking say it. Just tell it. You gotta lay it out. Because you've been showing it. Nothing about that. You know, like I said, the fact that I went back to that other page, I think two, but maybe three times is a bad thing about the story. Mm -hmm. Like I should never be compelled to go back unless I'm so interested or into something that I wanted to see it again, you know? Um, And so that was a letdown. The twist with it being his daughter was not a letdown, but it also, I think, didn't have the impact that he wanted it to or that it could have that, I mean, you know, it's like he thought his family was gone and that's something about that is why he's out of the CIA. But no, it turns out she's, she's not gone. 
And I don't know. I think it didn't land as much as it could have. Um, I wasn't surprised by who she was that much because I also didn't know that she was there. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I, you know, I forget it. I was going to like armchair quarterback this like, Oh, if they would have restructured this to here to this to there, then it's like, isn't that what they're showing? No, I, I'm not going to like make it a better book because honestly, I think it was a net positive. I actually enjoyed it overall Mm. because there's pieces Mm. here that I want to see continue. I just, there's just that one linchpin in the middle that I would think was missing and hopefully it gets Mm. rectified. But overall, I thought that the, you know, the paradigm of the past actually being the present and the present actually being what you thought was the present actually being the past is really fucking slick. And I think that's really cool. It just, the dialogue didn't give me like that, you know, just that last yard to to really nail it home. I didn't get that because I found the storytelling so confusing. So, a big twist, I didn't even grasp it. Mm. It was too twisted. Which one, the daughter? daughter I don't know if it was a, it was more of a reveal. Like, not not necessarily a twist. Like, the, the daughter thing is, I think, is a twist. The reveal of what you presumed was the past not being the past, that's just that's just like a slow curtain. Not necessarily like a look and blow smoke. And Todd stuff. Engel says, what I want to know is, is John Travolta in it? I had to Google because I didn't know what, what he was talking about. Wasn't it Hogs? Apparently, John Travolta was in a, a, a movie, a Disney film called Old Dogs with... Um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, Kelly Preston, Seth Green, oh. Lori Laughlin, and Matt Matt Dillon. Not no, to be confused with to not to be confused with Wild singular. Hogs, which was the other John Travolta, yes. Tim yeah. Allen, William H Macy, Martin Lawrence. Was oh John Travolta mm-hmm. in that? Martin Lawrence was also in that. Yeah, I yeah. feel like John. Travolta. That was a good movie. I, actually, no, I was I surprised at how much I enjoyed that movie. I, um, I I thought like, eh, this sucks. I think I watched it on an airplane, and I was like, oh, that was fun. Oh, you know what? We're very heightened on airplanes. Because of the altitude, so maybe you actually didn't True. like it. Heightened. I, although, would I, I still would have liked it, right? It's just because of outside circumstances. But fun fact: they've heard that I think it's fun. That, you know, <laughs> airline food. They say taste. They say uh, airline food tastes bad. Um, apparently, part of it has to do with the incessant rumble of the jet engines. And you only have so much bandwidth in your senses, right? Yeah. So some of that is like taking up what you can pay attention to, and it takes away, it deadens the taste of the food and presumably other sensations. Brain is weird. Yeah. Last book. Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead, number one from DC Comics, written by Bruce Campbell. Listen up, you primitive screwheads. And art by Eduardo Riso. Berlin, 1944. The Nazis are besieged on all fronts by the Allied forces. Defeat is inevitable. But Hitler and his team of evil scientists attempt a last-ditch effort that may turn the tide of the war and rewrite history itself. A serum that resurrects their dead soldiers stronger than they were in life and sends them back into the battlefield. Now... SGT, Frank Rock, and Easy Company have been dispatched into enemy territory to face off against the strangest, most horrific enemies they've ever encountered. Nazi zombies. Not not zombies. Zazis. Zazis. This was fine. (laughs) 
I wish, I love Eduardo Riso, but do not give me a uh, cover by um, Frank. Um, Gary. Gary Davis? Frank. What's his name? Frank. Gary Frank. Gary. Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Don't uh, give me a Gary Frank cover and then have yeah. Interiors by Eduardo Riso. Uh, it's a good looking book, but I just, it's, it's slight, slight downgrade. Yeah. Um, this was fun. It's a fun horror book. Uh, it's got Nazis and zombies and Sergeant Rock. What else do you need? What did you think, Brian? Um, you guys, I did not get a chance to get to this one. Well, shut up! And no, I, wait, but hang on a second. I was excited to, and when I saw Bruce Campbell read it, I, wrote it, I was like, that's pretty cool. And I paged through, and I do like the art. And um, that's it. That's all I can offer to this right now. Cool. <laughs> Noel, did you read the fucking book? Oh, yeah, no, I do my homework. Um... Oh, good, good. Well, I didn't know, and I continue not no, to. Brian was too <laughs> flabbergasted you, by this the sun scam. rising in October. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You spent he spent November. He spent November twenty 1st. minutes about the October sun, um, yeah. and which, no, which could have really just didn't require any thought at all. He was, not he even was, a moment's thought. No, no. He was <laughs> oh, I didn't say it wasn't like no <laughs> it wasn't like thought to perceive the possibilities of it. It was just contemplating. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I did take a picture of it. <laughs> now, um, I did. I did read this. Um, I. No, I mean, I really have a picture of it. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Um, it's. This is to me. This is a, an instance of uh, form versus function. The difference between a good comic book issue and maybe a good graphic novel. Eventually, um, this was a lot. A lot of setup. A lot of like. Uh, scenery chewing dialogue by World War II grunts with that kind of dialogue. So it absolutely had a feel. But the actual like story doesn't start until two thirds through the book. Um, and it just feels like a zero issue. It feels like just an opening salvo as opposed to something meteor like a full issue would. So like I, I liked it. Uh, the art is great. I love Eduardo Riso. The, um, the jargon, the, the aesthetic, the, uh, the, first of all, the opening scene is Hitler ripping a man's head off. So yeah. there's more to, like, I, I want this to escalate to the point of monster Hitler fighting Sergeant Rock and his Howling Commandos. Like that, or are they? Yes. No, they're not Howling Commandos. No, that's Sergeant Fury. Yeah. Easy Company. Easy Company, thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, not dissimilar yeah. from one another. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, <Yeah>. tomato. <laughs> but uh, I want it to escalate to that kind of ridiculous level, and I think it will get there. The easy commandos. Yeah, the easy commandos. The easy commandos. I want it to get there. This this first issue, um, I, if I was giving this to somebody, I'd be like, hey, hold out for at least a second, because this really was a lot of table setting and not a lot of grisly zombie meat. See, you said that to me before I read this. Yeah. And then as I'm reading it, I go, what's he talking about? I, don't, I didn't feel that at all. Um, it feels like a very full first issue. Um, we're introduced to Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. We're introduced to Hitler who rips a man's head off. Um, what, what's all the tapping? Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Um, and then so they sort of they take, like, they take <laughs> two pages to explain you know how they got zombies and then we've got um a zombie who rips yeah. his way out of his rips his way out of a cage 
and, and tries to kill the the easy commandos and uh, they figure out how to kill him and it takes forever to kill him and they're like holy shit that was only one of those dudes and then at the end we've got uh I don't know I don't know what this last page is is it just a I, is it just any dude who's weeder I don't know Eklibe weeder I guess it's just another it's I mean just any dude it's it's German <laughs> um <laughs> that's fair I mean I, it's it's just like it checks all the boxes I just I think I would have rather read this in chunk in, in bigger chunks. I uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it might. There's nothing. Might yeah, there's nothing I dislike about this. It's just I there's there's times when you finish an issue and you're like, I can't wait to the next one. I want more. And there's times when you read an issue and it's just like, I liked this. I wanted more. Like it's it's literally just a de- like it's a, it's a couple of degrees. Like this is not bad. This is good. I just it felt like a. a empty calorie as opposed to a solid meal yeah maybe instead of six single issues like oh um, this would be three double size issues this yeah a double size issue like prestige format or something or even like man dc has been doing such great ya ogns why didn't this just come out as an ogn just like a fucking yeah. halloween bitchin book yeah, bruce campbell OG yeah man. it would have yeah. been that's true like yeah it's true th- yeah. this is gonna end yeah. in february or march <laughs> like yeah it should have just came out a, that's a good point yeah. i i would have loved this to just be like a, a good chunk also uh, too like ich liebe wieder. i'm waiting for the german is i live again oh nice thank you it, yeah um you know, people used to tell ghost stories at Christmas or midwinter. Yes. It was a very classic thing. Um, I recently found that out and yet discovered that uh, the evidence had been before us the whole time. In the song. There's that one in that song with tales of ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. And then A Christmas Carol. I was going to say, way. like, yeah. yeah, Scrooge. Yeah. Um, JD. Yeah, I was, I was just looking it up to see. I was like, oh, maybe it's a weekly book. Mm. No, issue two no. comes out October 26th. Yeah, they should have yeah. started this. Perfect time. This, and, and knowing, like, I know that DC now does, they they um almost completely finish books before they're solicited. They're, they're on, like, the schedule of, like, starting things mm. way in advance. That's why there's never any late books. They just take forever to be solicited. That's cool. This could have, this could have been a tighter schedule and just, like, a meatier book. Um, yeah. But whatever, the market. Uh, JD, when you were reading Sergeant Rock, did you hear Bruce Campbell's voice? Because I did. Yeah, I could hear it. Yeah, yeah the, good that di- for, uh, good the dialogue Rock. was very, was very like, uh, come on, you idiots, let's do that thing. Like it was yeah. just very much a Bruce Campbell's <laughs> cadence, which didn't didn't bother me. It was good. No, yeah. yeah, I liked it too. It was a fun book. You guys, wouldn't it be cool if he decided to return to Briscoe County Junior? Never watched. He's like, let's do. Oh, that was my first exposure to Bruce Campbell, and it was like steampunk before I'd ever heard of steampunk, but with a little even more futury tech involved. And I don't remember a thing about it except the <laughs> the thing that they were looking for and the fact that I liked it. And it was awesome. You're so you're so yeah. nostalgic and fond for something you barely remember the details of. Oh yeah, no, I just remember <laughs> liking it and liking the. Like the aesthetic of it. You oh, yeah, know no, I mean? it was a, it was like a it great was sci-fi show. sci-fi in the Old West. Yeah, it was an absolutely yeah. great show. I loved it. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I, it's occurred to me a couple of times to, like, seek it out, and I never do. I mean, you, it, 
might not have the same impact as it did also, at the time. It's, it's very specifically kind it's not lampooning or parroting, but it is like borrowing heavily on specific Western television television Western tropes. So if you're not yeah. familiar or at least nostalgic for that genre, it may not hit the same way at all. Um, because they're, you know, like... All, I never was too into Western but stuff. It, it's, but, I mean, yeah. but how old were you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, we're talking to, like, maps with red dots and, like, specific, like, uh, horse yeah, trick yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you just aren't into that, then it's... It might be a, it might be a rough sit, depending on how, like, invested mm. you are in them capturing this genre well, you know? It's like you can't force somebody to be a fan of DS9. They have to kind of like really be invested in a specific type of Star Trek and diplomacy in space. Mm, That's a good show. (laughs) Didn't get into it as much at first, but because where's the ship? Come on. But uh, I grew to love it very much. Proving my point. It's it's very Mm -hmm. much a specific. It's a specific kink. We can use that. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my tastes are very particular. (laughs) But uh, <laughs> I saw Bruce Campbell once at Philly Comic Con with uh, with a white top tuxedo. It was yeah, awesome. I'm, yeah, that's very him. I've met him okay. a couple of times. Yeah. I like that that later that later the the hmm. dressed to the nines kind of version of Bruce Campbell is maybe the only like last five to ten years. Hmm. Yeah. Oops, we're, we're dying. Hmm. My my connection's right, getting real shoddy. Um, oh no! All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next week, next Monday at nine p.m. We're gonna. What are we talking about? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. Hey, we could do. I meant to bring it up when we were talking about Batman versus Robin. Um, the Mark Wade's Brave and the Bold, which I think you guys have both expressed some interest. Well, there's in. different versions of Mark Wade's that. Brave and the Bold. There's the George Perez one, or there's the one that he did of just. Barry and, and Wally. Barry and Barry Al. Al. No, no, no. There's, I mean, that one was outstanding. But uh, no, I mean, the one that with George Perez that we, that we talked about. I think you got it. Didn't I you know? did. Okay. Well, we don't have to do that. We could do something else. Yeah. More on that later. Yes. We'll talk I'll offline. Don't go yeah. offline yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. All right. So long, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs>